Welcome to the Eastridge Church South Campus Podcast. We bring to you the message portion of our Sunday services in a convenient podcast form. You can listen on your way to work, during your lunch break, or even during your workouts. We want to put tools in your pocket to help you throughout the week. If you would like to find out who we are or what we are about, please visit us at eastridge.church. All right, let's go. Hey, good morning, everybody. So glad that you're here today. And we are in week three of our series, Witness, where we've been walking through the book of Acts. I know Hunter just told you that. But if you're a guest, thanks for being our guest. I met a couple of you on the way in. Thanks for being here today. And so excited about your being here. Um, before I get going, I need to just say one thing. There is an usher meeting right after the service that we're going to start back with ushering. We haven't been doing it because of the pandemic after the service right out in front of my office. So if you are interested in ushering, um, have been an usher in the past, we'd love to talk to you out there about uh, getting that going again. So anyway, that's coming up. Here we go. There is a, uh, a, a phrase, a term in psychology, and I'm not a psychologist, so if you didn't wonder, I'm not. It's called the social proximity effect. The social proximity effect. And what this is, is just a a big way of saying that you are the way that you are because of the people you hang around. You mirror the habits of people that you spend the most time with. This social proximity uh, effect. As a matter of fact, it affects every part of our life. And it affects the way you talk. You will you will say phrases, your lingo, even your pace will be because of the people that you hang around. Your mannerisms, the way that you sit, the way that you walk, the way that you stand will be because of the way you ever seen somebody and they walk just like their dad. How does that happen? It's just because we just do this. They, the dad doesn't say, hey, you're going to walk like me. He doesn't do that. But it just happens naturally. It just happens nicely because the people here, the way that you dress, you dress the way you do because of the people you hang around. That's why the worship leaders all look alike. You ever notice that? They all dress, they all dress alike. I, just, I was looking at them today. They, they dress, I don't dress anything like that. Then they, they, they look at me like I'm weird. But anyway, a lot of V-necks and stuff like that. But besides that, it's all good. <laughs> Your habits are greatly dictated, this effect, this social proximity effect, by the people that you hang around with. And I'm just going to walk in through it. That if, that if you hang around people that drink, you'll probably drink. And that's okay. I saw somebody, uh, this is so funny, being a pastor is like being a third gender. There's things you do around women, things you do around men, and there's things you do or don't do around pastors. We were eating in Monroe, Les and I were eating in Monroe. I see someone who used to, I'm not even their pastor anymore used to go to the church. They see me in there. They've got a beer in their hand. They immediately go outside. They're sitting outside. And so I'm not sure what to do. So I walked out there and said, hey, man, just because you got a beer in your hand don't mean you got to sit outside. I I did do that. (laughs) Because I thought it was funny. If you you got a beer in your hand, just come sit beside me, okay? I may drink it for you. So anyway, so... But if you hang around people that drink, you're going to drink. You hang around people that smoke, you're most likely going to smoke. These are generalities. You hang around people that cuss, you're most likely going to cuss. 
You hang around people that read the Bible, you'll probably read the Bible. You hang around people that go to church, you'll probably go to church. Or you could be like the people in this room that drink, smoke, cuss, read the Bible, and attend church together. Okay? <laughs> we take all comers. Even your emotions. It affects your emotions. That if you hang around negative people, you're most likely going to be a negative person. There's, it's just the natural thing. If you hang around positive people, you're most likely going to be positive. That this effect in your life. Purchases. I love this part. That, that what is funny about me is that uh, when I see people in the church like, or, or talk to people, there are people in the church, they'll start hanging around with someone that, that has a hobby that they don't have. Man, they'll go out and buy a $5,000 four-wheeler. Their, their wives are like, what happened? I'm not, it's a social proximity effect. <laughs> they hung around a guy with four wheeler and they had to get one or a boat. And it just, it just, even all that purchases. But here's the funny part. And this is a phenomenon that I can't explain. The studies have shown that even physically, that you will start to look like the people that you hang around. Have you ever met a couple and thought, man, they look alike? They can't explain it. Psychology can't explain it. That you'll look like the people. You'll see these couples. They've been married for 50 years. They look like they're twins. Are y'all twins? <laughs> That's always awkward. Are y'all twins and married? Anyway, babe. Well, here's what I want to talk about today. The same thing is true spiritually. That we will mirror who we hang around with, who we spend time with, who we follow. And there's a scripture in Acts 4.13 that says, the members of the council were amazed uh, at the, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. They had arrested them. They told them not to preach about Jesus. And they were amazed at their boldness. And then they said, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures, but they also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. These guys, they're like Jesus. They've been with Jesus. And so here's the question of the day. Can people tell that you and I have been with Jesus? What does that look like? Well, we're going to walk through it today, and I'm, I'm super excited. I'm going to pray for us before we start. Father, just uh, be with us in the next few minutes. Lord, I pray that it's crystal clear where we're at today in our hearts and our minds, our spirits, our following you. And Lord, I pray that you would speak to us through your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The first thing people know I've been with Jesus, that we've been with Jesus when we cause others to praise Jesus. People know we've been with Jesus when we cause others to praise Jesus. I spoke at our um, senior night a couple of years ago. Uh, they had our seniors, and, and, and I guess they couldn't find anybody else, so they asked me to speak. And I've been to a lot of graduations. Uh, I have four kids that uh, graduated high school, so that's four, and I've been to a bunch of others. And usually on graduation night, it, it's a lot about... Uh, me. So a lot about we did this and everything like that. And so senior night, I, th I took a different direction and I said, 
I pray that you're all successful. Pray that, you know, some of y'all are doctors, lawyers. When their parents were there. You know, I hope you make a lot of money. Parents are going, yeah, that's what I want. And that's what I want too. Okay, so nothing wrong with that. And I said, if you do that, there will be people that you go to school with who say, I went to school with him. I went to school with him. Man, he's a doctor. She's a lawyer. Man, he's a great athlete. And that's one avenue. I said, but there's also a way to live that the people you go to school with, instead of saying, hey, I know, you know what they'll say? I praise God for that person. Look, I know him. I praise God for what they've done, for who they are. And I love this whole part about people will know you've been with Jesus when they praise God. Because you've been there in their life. They praise God. They don't praise you. They praise God. Because what God's doing in their life through your service. And I love this story. This story is a, this guy has been crippled for 40 years. And he comes to this place to beg for money every day. And he comes up to Peter and John and he asks them for money. And then we pick up the scripture right here. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were immediately healed, instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet and began to walk. Then he began walking and leaping and praising God. Now, if you remember Children's Church, we used to do this all the time. You'd have to keep the kids walk, and they'd jump, and they'd leap, and they'd praise God. And he went to the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God, and then they realized that he was the lame beggar who they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, and they were absolutely astounded. This guy praises God because of what's been done in his life. When's the last time somebody praised God for you? When's the last time that you lived in such a way that people praise God? We all have this ability to, to serve, to meet needs, to be in someone's life, to live in such a way that, man, they don't say that we're great. They say that God is great. And that's, that's where God's calling us. For years on our campus, we've had a cafe. We've had a cafe. Even when we were portable, we, had a, we have had a cafe. And if you've ever come in and, and, and it's Sunday morning and you got a cup of coffee, that's a praise God moment, right or wrong. <laughs> praise God. Got some coffee. For our band, for our band, they get here at 6 or 6.30 every morning, every Sunday morning, get things going. Um, when they get the coffee going, it's a praise God, praise God moment. Praise God. Got some coffee. For eight or nine years, Wayne and Melissa Spawn ran the cafe. Volunteers. Bought all the food. Look, I didn't even know what was going on. Ran the schedule. Ran the schedule. All I knew is somebody was going to be there every Sunday. Had everything on, trained everybody. Lived in such a way, served in such a way that people could have these praise God moments. I know I'm making light of just a cup of coffee, but here's what Jesus said. Listen to me. Jesus said, if you give somebody a, a cup of cold water in my name, that you've done something great. 
you and I are supposed to live in such a way that people praise God. They don't praise us. See, that's, that's what we want. we want. We want to get accolades. And I'm not against accolades. I, I, I'm not against them. And, and if you're getting them, great. But you can't live for them that, because they're, they're short term. When you get people to, to live or to, you live in such a way that people praise God, those are eternal moments. They're not temporary. That we're living in such a way that, man, praise God, that people are praising, man, I praise God. This guy, this happened. They served me, met my needs. They cared about me. They prayed for me. There's a scripture right here. It says, God has given each of you, nobody gets an out on this, a gift from the great variety of spiritual gifts. Now, he doesn't mention all of them. He says there's a bunch of spiritual gifts. Everybody gets a gift. Everybody gets at least one. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Then do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then, 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 everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to Him forever and ever. Amen. 1 Peter 14 and 11. That Peter said, hey, live in such a way. Use whatever gift that God has given you, whether it's speaking, helping, encouraging, praying, just meet someone's needs and somebody's going to praise God for it. And I've shared this with you before that, that sometimes before we can tell somebody about Jesus, we have to just simply serve them. We just simply serve them and show them we care because people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And you can talk about Jesus all day long and I can too, but the truth is sometimes, a lot of times, we just simply serve. And I'm not saying don't tell people about Jesus. That's not my point. My point is we meet needs. So when's the last time that someone praised God because of something you did in their life? The second thing is this. People know you've been with Jesus when we point others to Jesus. When we point others to Jesus. I was at CR this past, Wednesday, uh, past Thursday night. Phenomenal night. Look, if you've never been to Celebrate Recovery, Hear me. I know you think you don't need it, but hear me out. It's for people with hurts, habits, and hangups. I got them all, okay? I got all three. And the Lord's working on me in that. And, I, and this past Thursday night was a testimony. There's over 200 people there. It was an incredible night. But in one of the parts of the testimony was a little bit comical was he was talking about, and I can't share the name, was talking about he was dating this woman, and at some point, she gave him all her jewelry and said, when you're ready, pawn these off and go buy me a ring. Now, that's pointing somebody in a direction right there. <laughs> that's like a big, that, you, know, you get the hint here, you know. And guess what? It worked because they got married. And the funny thing about pointing people, we're always pointing people in a direction. We're always pointing. I started to think about we're always pointing people in some sort of direction in our life. Like I, these are just silly things. I thought about like fried chicken. We point people to Chick-fil-A or Zaxby's or Bojangles or Long John Silver's. I don't know what's going on Long John Silver's. I know the line's been backed out to the road. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I have no idea, but somebody's pointing people there. KFC or Ingles. Don't sleep on Ingles. They got some good chicken. I'm just telling you. Look at me. Weight loss. Speaking of looking at me, weight loss. 
Somebody's wanting to lose weight. We point them to Plexus, Weight Watchers, Keto, Planet Fitness, walking, running, CrossFit. Just stop eating so much. We have no problem pointing people. Vacations. We're constantly pointing people on vacations. As a matter of fact, people will get online and ask for help in finding a vacation. I need help. and I don't need any help, but anyway. PC, Destin, The Keys, Myrtle, Tybee. As a matter of fact, we have a, we have a, a person on our staff, Mackenzie Smith, who runs our adventure land. I don't know if she's in here or not, but she and Stephen go on vacation to the same place every year, Anna Maria Island. On the other side of Tampa. Anna Maria, I love it. Go all the time. Invite people from the church. Never invited me, but invite people from the church. <laughs> love this place. We'll tell you that that is the place to go. Because we're constantly pointing people places. Banks. I thought about banks. Where do you bank? United. United Community. Newton Federal. Pinnacle. Wells. Sonovas. Truist. We, we're constantly pointing people places. But when it comes to pointing someone to Jesus, I'm a little uncomfortable with that. I'm unsure. I don't want to be pushy. We'll push chicken sandwiches, won't we? We'll push a pink drink. We'll push a beach. We'll push a place to house our money. But will we point people to Jesus Christ? See, you know when someone's been with Jesus when they point people to Jesus. I want you to look at this scripture right here. Now, you have to just put yourself in the context of this. Peter has just, uh, this, this miracle's happened. This guy's walking, and look, I, I know everything in him, his flesh, and I'll say this about me, in his flesh. Man, you just have to feel like, man, I just did something today, wouldn't you? Have you ever healed anybody? I never really have. I prayed for somebody who got healed, and, they, and then they did. But I've never laid my hands on it and all of a sudden instantly they got healed. I don't know what's wrong with me. That's never happened. If that's happened to you, I want to talk to you, okay? But check this out. It says, they all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade. And this is what's happened. The, the city of Jerusalem was a, a, a temple. And on one side, they had all these columns actually on the east side. And it was covered. And this area was open to anybody. So the miracle happened in one spot. Well, they all rushed out because that's what everybody does when there's good news. Man, you're not going to believe this. And it's covered. And everybody's hanging out there. Everybody was welcome. Women, uh, Gentiles, everybody was welcome in this one spot. So they all rushed out there where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Peter saw his opportunity not to promote himself. Sometimes that's what we do, man. Look what I did. And addressed the crowd, people of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? Man, what a powerful statement. That it's not about me. It's not because I'm good. It's not about I've got power. This is about God. For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who they all knew by those three names. The God of our ancestors, who was brought glory to his servant, Jesus. Now listen to this. He says Jesus over and over again. To his servant, Jesus, by doing this. This same Jesus, whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate, despite Pilate's decision to release him. You rejected this holy and righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead and we are witnesses 
Same word that we've been talking about all week. We are witnesses of this fact. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed, and you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. Friends, I realize that what you and your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance, but God was fulfilling what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah, that he must suffer these things. Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Peter points people to Jesus. He gets the crowd together. People are there. He doesn't say he doesn't want any of the credit for himself. He just simply says, I'm going to tell you this happened because of Jesus. See, if you're going to point people to Jesus, listen to me. You got to tell people about Jesus. Somehow or another, you and I have got to break through whatever hesitation we have about using the name Jesus. Listen, it's a super powerful name. I know it's a super, and I'm going to talk about this in the next point. It can be a super alienating name too. But the scriptures say salvation is found in no one else than the name of Jesus Christ. And so when people ask us about what's going on in our lives, how do you have joy? How are you getting through this? You just simply, you point them to Jesus. You point them to Jesus by what you say and by what you do. By the way you act, by the way you handle situations, you are literally pointing them to Jesus Christ. And we do this so naturally in other areas of our life. That I think with a little intentionality, it could become very normal for us to do it as well. Well, not only do we people praise Jesus, we point people to Jesus. The last one is, it's when we're bold. People know when we're been with Jesus when we're bold when other people oppose us. Last week, I, I wanted to mention this, and I, and I forgot that there is this theology of rejection that I need to I need to go over. I, I kind of alluded to it that not everybody is going to believe. They're just not. Throughout history, not everybody has to believe the gospel message. They haven't. That right from the get-go, there's been this theology of rejection that I'm going to scoff at this. That I'm not going to believe this. That this can't be true. And here's the truth. We all thought that probably at one point in our life. This can't be true. This is crazy. And we see in the Scriptures right here that even after this great miracle where this guy's healed, they still do not believe the message. Here's the funny thing about miracles. People think, if God did a miracle, I would believe. The truth is, if God did a miracle, we'd ask Him to do another miracle. And then we would believe. And then He'd do another one. We'd go, well, if you do one more. That's, that's, how we, that's how we're wired. That's why miracles have never been by themselves the sole thing that turns people to God. I'm not saying He doesn't do miracles. I'm just saying that the miracles always confirm who Jesus is and what He did. And so they've just had this miracle. People are just so excited. They're praising God. They're rallied around and everything like that and then get to here. And so they brought in the two disciples and demanded by what power 
And in whose name have you done this? And I'm just here to tell you this. Listen. You start talking about Jesus and people are going to say, who do you think you are? You're not perfect. I'm not. And you're not either. They're going to say, you're not perfect. Who do you think you are? You're judging me. No, I'm not. I'm not judging anybody. If you know me, I'm not big on judging anybody about anything. But what I want to be big about is being bold and not shrinking back when I face opposition. Just being bold. I can't remember if I told you this the other day, but um, you know, I'd asked the guy to come to church. I can't remember if I shared this on Easter. I'd asked the guy to come to church on Easter Sunday, and he, he said, I appreciate it. I probably won't come. Immediately, boom. I said, why not? He said, I'm agnostic. Immediately facing just opposition. Not, not, not mean-spirited, just, just his, his searching. You're going to face that. That, that, that. Here's the truth. It took me a long time to wrap my brain around it, to get my heart to where I really understood how much Christ loved me and I was ready to place my faith in Him. But you and I have got to be bold. And then we come to this verse right here, which is the hinge point. The same one we started off with. It says, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness. We talked about last week, this comes from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, it's not like you're not scared. You're, you're, you're scared, but you're going to be bold. I'm, I'm, not going to, I'm going to tell people about what I believe to be true. That Jesus Christ saved my life. And I'm going to tell others. They saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men. Look, these guys were fishermen. They were ordinary. They weren't preachers. Listen to me. Hear me. They weren't claim, uh, uh, trained clergy. They weren't. They were just ordinary guys with no special training in the Scriptures. But they also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. So where are you at today? Because here's the truth. People can't tell you've been with Jesus unless you've been with Jesus. I'm not talking about coming to church. I'm talking about you surrendering your life to Him. That didn't come easy for us. Surrender never comes easy. But I'm going to walk you through what that looks like very quickly. Jesus has called us to follow Him. That when we talk about spending time with Jesus, having Jesus in your life, it just simply means to follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. I'm just going to read you a scripture. This is what Jesus said a lot of times when he was talking to people. One day Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee and he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they were fishing for a living. And he called out, Come follow me. Come follow me. The Jesus' invitation to us is that we would follow Him. And I know that's open-ended and that can be a little scary. Where's, where, what is that? Where is He taking us? What does that mean? I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to try to be like Him. 
I'm going to surrender my life to him, that he's the leader of my life. I'm following him. He's not following me. And the second part is to be changed by Jesus. That you and I are going to be changed by Jesus. Because a lot of times we get this mixed up and we think, well, I got to get my life right and then I'll come to Jesus. I want you to hear this. The good news of the gospel is that God wants us. The bad news of the gospel is that we're all sinners. For there to be good news, there has to be bad news. And in Romans 6.23, it says, Everyone has sinned, and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God freely and graciously declares that we are righteous. He did this through Jesus Christ when He freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed His life, shedding His blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when He held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For He was looking ahead and including them in what He would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate His righteousness, for He Himself is fair and just and declares sinners to be right in His sight when they believe in Jesus. So when you follow Jesus, you are forgiven of your sins because we've all sinned. And if we got to punish for that, it'd be death. But God doesn't want that for anybody. So He sent Jesus that Hunter talked about on the cross, sent Jesus on the cross to pay the penalty, our sacrifice. But here's the crazy thing that happens. Not only am I forgiven of my sins, but Jesus changes me. And the social proximity effect is this. I start to look like Jesus Christ. My shortcomings, He polishes and fixes. Sometimes it's, it's, a, it's a major renovation in my life. But at the end of the day, I start to look like Jesus Christ. And then here's the last part. He said, I'm on mission with Jesus. I'm a witness. And I just simply tell what Jesus Christ has done in my life. Well, here's how I want to close today. I'm going to pray a prayer, and the band's going to come on the stage, and we're going to have a decision time. A time for you to respond. And I'm going to be down front. And maybe today you've never accepted Jesus Christ, never understood that you need Him. That you need Jesus Christ. That you need to surrender your life to Him. To trust Him as your Savior. To follow Him. And I'll be down front. I'd love to talk to you about that. I told you last week, I never regretted that decision. Greatest decision I ever made in my life. Never regretted it. Maybe also you're here today and if you're honest, there needs to be more Jesus in your life and less of you. That you need more Jesus. You've accepted Him. But maybe you've wandered. Or maybe you've got some areas that you've never surrendered to Him. I'd love to pray with you as well. Or maybe you want to just make the front altar, the front of the stage your altar, and you can come forward and pray. But I'm going to be praying for you right now. And as we sing, I'll ask you to stand. And if you have a decision to make, I would love to meet you today. Father, thank you for who you are.
Thank you for your word. Lord, I pray for us to realize how much we need you. Lord, I pray for the person here today that's never accepted you, never surrendered, never made a decision that they were going to follow you. And Lord, I pray that they would respond. They would come today. And Lord, I pray for the person here today that needs more of you. I need more of Jesus. I just need you. And I pray that they would respond. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you stand with me? Thank you for listening today. If you would like to speak with someone about the message you just heard, or if you would like to pray with someone, send us an email at info at eastridge.church. If you feel led to support the ministry at Eastridge, please visit eastridge.church give. Thank you for your generosity. Remember, no matter where you are in life, God loves you. We love you, and you have a family at East Ridge Church.